Hi, this is Danny Klein-Modisette, and this is the Afterbirth Podcast, featuring real stories about raising kids that you're not going to read in a parenting magazine. Here's a story by actress Beth Littleford called Letter to My Son's Future Therapist. It was recorded at the M Bar in Hollywood, California in 2010. Here she is, Beth Littleford, right here. All right. Looking ahead, I think it's safe to say that my son will probably, okay, inevitably, wind up in therapy at some point in his life. And, uh, you know, of course, there, all his problems will be blamed on me, the mother. So I wrote this to explain my side of it. So here it is, letter to my son's future therapist. Dear doctor, whoever you are, now I'm assuming you're a doctor, and is that MD or PhD? Never mind, no judgments. Uh, you know, anyways, for all I know, 40 years from now, psychiatric treatment will be taken care of by an iPhone app. <laughs> Schizophrenia? There's an app for that. Um, and I say 40 years from now because I'm just, I'm just guessing it's going to take him that long to actually get on the couch. He's only three now, but we all know it takes men a lot longer to seek help. You know, they wait until they break in half, typically in midlife. Like, for instance, the average age that men enter the Betty Ford Center is 43. And oh, dear God, let you not be a counselor at the Betty Ford Center. Not that it's not a wonderful institution and Miss Ford, a lovely and courageous lady, but if by chance he is there, I just want to say that one's not on me. That's on his dad and the Irish ancestors on that side of things. But this letter isn't about defending myself, uh, at least not entirely. No, I'm also trying to help. You know, therapy is very expensive. And if he is anything like his father, it's going to be like pulling teeth to get anything out of him. So I'm hoping to speed the process along by giving you his case history. So here we go. For instance, if he is by chance suffering from any kind of um, serotonin reuptake disorder, I can speak to that. Uh, I breastfed him while on antidepressants. But let me just say that postpartum depression is a very serious affliction. And I waited and fretted and consulted three different specialists, none of whom thought it would be a problem. Except for that one guy who mentioned that it might permanently alter brain chemistry further down the line, but that was purely speculative on his part. And besides, I think he was a Scientologist. So I'm just saying, if it wasn't for mommy's meds, he would have been in your office a lot sooner. You know, I'm not a depressed person. I, I do have some minor mood issues, which P.S. he might be genetically loaded for, but postpartum depression, I never would have expected it. I, but I have since realized that that is Eve's curse, not crampy, bloaty, bitchy periods, not miserable pregnancies or excruciating births. No, it's the cruel, mind-fucky trick that nature plays on you after you've run all that gauntlet and think you've arrived finally safely at the finish line, after you hear the cry that means he's alive and okay, and you start sobbing with joy, thank you, God, thank you, doctor, thank you, nurses, thank you, Apgar guy, after the high and the wonder and the nestling him up against you and the inhaling his newborn breath like you were a glue sniffer, yeah, I started to crash as soon as they took us back to our room. When the less-than-warm nurse dropped us off, she told me, if he makes this noise, it means he's choking. You have to take this bulb and suck everything out of his mouth. And she turned and left. He made that noise what seemed like every 35 minutes for the first three months of his life. 
Now, I'm sure you, as a therapist, know the effects of sleep deprivation. I don't know if you remember Guantanamo Bay back during the dark days of the Bush administration. But yes, sleep deprivation, torture practice, outlawed by the Geneva Convention. I was told to try to nap with him. I couldn't. I thought if he went to sleep, he'd be dead when I woke up. I couldn't leave him, but I couldn't be with him either. He cried all the time, and often I cried right along with him. I was told to go to a mommy support group. We all sat in a circle with our babies in front of us. He howled the entire time, and by the end I found myself surrounded by some very unsupportive mommies. <laughs> I tried to hide my crying, but my nose was running so badly I ended up having to blow it into a spare diaper. <laughs> At some point I told my husband I didn't think this whole thing was working out. That's when I went on the antidepressants, and I stand behind that decision. I'm not apologizing for it. I'm just letting you know that he did suck down a fair amount of Lexapro-laced breast milk. <laughs> now you, and not you personally, doctor, but you all as a profession might consider getting the word out a bit about this kind of thing. You know, a little warning, don't just leave it all to Brooke Shields, bless her heart. <laughs> She's doing a great job with it, but you know, I mean, the best advice I got about postpartum was be grateful. You have a perfectly healthy baby, the baby you've wanted for so long. And the fact that I couldn't turn my frown upside down with an attitude of gratitude just left me feeling like an ungrateful shit heel. You feel me, doc? It's biochemical. That's all I'm saying. And this just wasn't me and my, and my fragile psyche. Most people I know had some measure of postpartum depression, although almost nobody seems to realize or admit it. I mean, I love to analyze my moods and their constant fluctuations, but even I initially insisted, uh, I'm not depressed. It's just that I can't stop crying. <laughs> I always ask new mothers and have heard repeatedly, I'm not depressed, it's just... It's just that we got pregnant too soon in our relationship, or it's just that it took us so long to get pregnant, I thought that was gonna be the hard part. It's not postpartum, it's just post-traumatic stress from my emergency C-section. It's not postpartum. Yes, I keep having vivid images of violent things happening to my baby, but I'm not picturing myself doing the violent things. Wasn't Brooke Shields picturing herself doing the violent things? <laughs> I asked one woman if she got postpartum and she said very firmly, nope. Not even a tiny bit, I asked? Nope. Because I never went off my antidepressants in the first place. <laughs> okay then, so it's not such a big deal that all I did was breastfeed him on antidepressants, right? But while we're on the breast, so to speak, are there any signs of mammary-related dysfunction? I don't know, a subscription to jugs, a Hooters VIP card, lactose intolerance? Because you should know that breastfeeding was, at least at first, sort of hellish for both of us. Um, in the first couple of months, there was a great deal of pain, some bleeding, near constant wincing, as he'd clamped down on my blistering nipples. It shouldn't hurt. If it hurts, it means that you're not doing it right. They said, yeah, well, that's what they said the first time you had sex, and it was bullshit then, too. <laughs> Plus, I was doing it right. I was later told so by a specialist. The pain was because he had an unusually voracious chomp. In fact, doctor, I'm sure he's gnawed his way through half the pencils in your office by now. <laughs> I must say here that I ultimately found breastfeeding to be a wonderful thing and even a perfectly safe and legal way to get high thanks to all that oxytocin. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I was happily whipping it out in the streets at the slightest provocation, which might explain any issues of exhibitionism or would that result in voyeurism? I don't know, you're the expert, you tell me. Or just discuss it with him, that's fine. Discuss it with him. Okay, what else? Um, if he's a little obsessive compulsive about food and cleanliness, it might be because I'm a little 
third world about food and cleanliness. You know, I feed them goldfish or Skittles that I found in the crevices of the car's seats. Something drops on the floor, I just brush off the dirt or pull off the stray hair. Something he once has found its way into the trash, I rinse it off and give it to him. You know, fruit's washable. I'm hoping this will allow him to travel to lonely planet-type destinations and or be on Survivor without being crippled by an overattachment to USDA food standards. But I do realize that it's also possible that he'll go the opposite direction and become like those people I saw on Oprah who have to put Ziploc sandwich bags over their hands to touch food. <laughs> I mean, it is a definite possibility. Because you know how you're supposed to try food first before giving it to him to make sure it hasn't gone bad? I do it the other way around. Take a sip of this milk and tell mommy if it tastes okay. <laughs> but hey, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right, Doc? Okay, now I'm just gonna come out with this. Are there Oedipal issues? because I shower that boy with kisses and hugs. You know, once the postpartum lifts, you just want to suck him right back into your body. Uh, so I just cuddle this kid all day long, and he's super affectionate right back, and it's incredibly lovely. It's just that these days, his kisses only occasionally seem like he's trying to make out with me. <laughs> so I'm just wondering, am I asking for it? Um, also, he outsmarted the child lock on my bedside table drawer and pulled out a bright pink marital aid, squeezed it a few times, handed it to me and said, here you go, mommy, here's your toy. I handled it well, I thought. I took it away, saying, Jackson, I don't take out your toys, please don't take out mine. But I mean, the drawer had a child lock, so I certainly can't be blamed for the fact that he's a born safecracker, can I? All right, as long as we're in the Fertile Crescent, um, in case there's an odd menstrual fetish, Recently, he took a shower with me, and because he was eye level with it, asked, what's that string, and tried to pull it. I, of course, did not let him. But I'll be honest, I am wondering whether he has any emotional scarring, or at the very least, an unnatural fondness for Venetian blinds. Anywho, that's it for now. I, I, I'll probably write you again in a, another one of these in a couple of years. I gotta run. Jackson's just emptied out a box of my tampons and is using one to fish a donut out of the trash. But just, just quickly, now I've heard that nobody has any real solid memories before they're four. Is that true? Because if it is, forget I said anything. <laughs> For more information about Afterbirth, the live show, the book, or the podcast, please visit www.afterbirthstories.com. Thanks.